Remember when we were not allowed in grown people's business? Well, things have changed, and it's time to open our ears and discuss what challenges us as millennials. We invite you to join your new favorite aunties, V, Fab, and myself, Ty, on a podcast where we discuss all things from relationships to finance and even career. So, grab your tea, sit back, and let's get into grown people's business. Welcome back to a new episode of Grown People's Business. I am so excited. We have a, um, my co-host back here, V and Ty. Hi, ladies. Hi, Fab. Hello, hello, we, hello. We are continuing our conversation about finances. And today I have my special friend here. Chelsea is a really good friend of mine. And today we're going to talk about side household and making money as an influencer. So I'm going to open the floor for Chelsea to introduce herself and get us started here. Hi, Fab. Thanks for having me. I'm actually really excited to be here. And I love talking about finances and stuff. I think one of my, um, I'm big on just giving back to other influencers, whether it's through sharing information or just being transparent about what it's like. So um, it's a pleasure for me to be here. Um, I'll give a quick intro. So by day I work as a fashion editor and the rest of the time, which is, which feels like I have two or three full-time jobs. I run NYCX Clothes with my sister, which is a fashion and lifestyle platform where we create content for different brands. We've worked with Tory Burch, Kate Spade, um, a full range of mostly fashion brands, most recently Coach, which we're really excited about. And we also run an agency um, called NYCX Studio, where we advise brands on influencer marketing and diversity and, inclu- and inclusion. And we have a physical studio space, which is available for Brooklyn um, creatives or just New York City people in general to come shoot. So that's sort of how I stay busy. That is exciting. You are definitely staying busy. And <laughs> your, your background is very interesting. So we definitely want to hear more how about how you got started into you know this whole whole world of influencing others yeah so when i started there was no such thing like the idea that people could make money from their content was right. not as popular and prevalent like prevalent as it is now so this was in 2014 when my wow. sister and i and it was mainly chris Sid's idea because she was really obsessed with YouTube videos at the time. She was watching like Bethany Moda, My Life Has Eva, all the like OG YouTube influencers were posting like fashion hauls and like beauty makeup tutorials and stuff like that. And so she really loved the way just from your phone you can or your camera webcam you can just access so many people. So she said, why don't we start a YouTube um, channel? And so NYCS was, was born That's and exciting. we were initially just posting YouTube videos and promoting them on Instagram. So like we didn't have a dedicated strategy for Instagram. Instagram was just like where we will post the thumbnail or like whatever. <laughs> so when a brand reached out to us in 2016 to promote their products and in exchange, they're going to give us free jewelry. We we're like, what? Like we had maybe 1200 <laughs> followers at the time. This was was 2016 early 2016 and they said that they're willing to give us products in exchange we just post about it so Chris and I were hyped and we we're like all right 
maybe more brands are going to be open to giving us free products. And so that's how we then started to create dedicated like editorials and photo shoots for Instagram specifically to then pitch to brands so that we can like have it be a consistent um, source of income. But we wouldn't get our first paid partnership until I would say 2017. And wow. we made maybe $150 from it for like one Instagram post. And like, I was hyped. I was like, <laughs> like $150, let's go. So that's the short story of how it started. Now I'm curious, uh, how many followers do you have now from 200? How many do you have that? Right now we are at around 64,000. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. That's I'm pretty sure you're verified or something. We got verified recently. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes. I have a quick yeah. question on that. So when you started, now that you're like a veteran in the field, I would say, is it <laughs> worth now having an agent or social media manager? Or do you guys do everything on your own? We do everything on our own, but I think the answer depends on who you are. So okay. are you super busy and you don't have time to manage all the emails that are getting to you right now? Then maybe you might want to start looking. Or are you the type who you still want to have control over, you know, your brand relationships and like your contracts and you can still manage your schedule? It's not to a point where it's like overwhelming you yet then I think we can definitely um, manage that up until a point. I think we're lucky that there are two of us. So when yeah. I, like, even with my full-time job, like even when Chris was doing something full-time, like she, we, between the two of us, like we tackled it. But some people don't want to necessarily have to deal with like contracts and, you know, executing the shoots and like scheduling people. And so I think that's when it makes sense for them to go for a social media um, manager. Um, otherwise, I think if you can still manage like up to a certain point, you will go far. You don't need to start um, getting management until you're really making a significant amount that right. it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. I think that's um, interesting that you mentioned that because, again, I think that's the, one of the biggest questions that a lot of people have is should we get a social media manager or not? But I think it also ties into the next question that I have around that is when is the best time to monetize on your social media? But also really thinking about maybe which platform is the best to monetize on because I think yeah. those tie in. Mm -hmm. Totally. And so, okay, I'm going to make a quick distinction. So the way, I, the way we think of an agent is different from the way we think of a social media manager. So the agent is technically someone who handles all your partnerships for you, and then they make a cut mm -hmm. of all the brand partnerships that you have. So my answer was actually for having a, an agent or like a brand partnerships manager. But if Got you're it. talking about a social media manager, as in someone who just runs your day-to-day -day account, again, that has to do with your bandwidth, if you're able to manage that. Um, but eventually, if you get big enough and then you want to extend to other platforms, it would make sense for you to hire a social media manager. Um, and to answer your um, question, see, I think there isn't a time. I mean, I think the best time to start monetizing is when you feel like you're proud of your content and like it's something a brand would want. So for us, it started really early. We had a couple thousand followers and to us, it was a total surprise. But then that's when, for example, we, we first started working in Tory Burch, with Tory Burch back in 2018 and they contracted us for three posts 
and we had around 2,800 um, followers. And this was at the time the biggest contract we had. So I, one, was surprised that a brand like this that's so established, like Tory Burch goes way back, would even see something in us. So I think that it all depends on just like the quality of your content. Is it fun? Is it entertaining? Can it attract people? And from that point, you know, do you know how to speak to brands and handle those relationships so that you can eventually bring on partnerships? And as far as like the platforms to monetize, like luckily these days there are so many, um, aside from Instagram, which is the main um, platform currently, you still have TikTok. There are some brands that are testing advertising on TikTok now. Like I know people who are full on making like a few thousand dollars every month um, from TikTok. You have YouTube, which is a little more complicated because you get into ads, like you get a certain mm-hmm. amount for ads views, or um, we can do dedicated videos where brands pay you to essentially produce a video. Um, and then you have con- um, platforms like Patreon, where as long as your content is interesting and people will sign up for it, like it doesn't even matter how many followers you have. It just matters that you have a group of people who are willing to pay like that yearly fee to um, make money. So there are so many platforms and you just have to find the ones that speak to you and then the ones that you can stay consistent with. That, that These are some really, really good information. Looks like there are a lot of opportunities out there for people to make money on these platforms. So, oh. but then that brings me to like an additional question. So from your perspective, what are some tips you would give to someone who's just getting started and wants to have um, social media as a side also? Yeah, so the first thing I would say is to not get intimidated because that the space is getting yeah. crowded. And that's what a lot of people say, like, do I still have space? Like, the room to be in a, like a fashion influencer or to talk about food that I love to eat. If you're in a different area where maybe like there isn't so much of that or you have a particular like like angle that you're coming at it from, like I think there's always room because no one is going to do it the same way that you are. And I think as far as just like tips on how to start, I would say to just start talking about the things that you love. So if you're really into thrifting, like start showing us where the, the places where you like to go. Show us the pieces that you love to, to um, that you bought from like this particular trip that you went on and show me how to mix them so that I don't have to like feel the need to constantly buy something. So I would just say to start recording, to start capturing. I like to use Gary Vaynerchuk's advice, which is to document and not to create. So sometimes it's Ooh. just about, you don't need to have something that's going on. You can just be like, oh, I'm here right now. Like, let me just put my camera on and I talk to people. So definitely, you know, put in the work, be willing to um, stay consistent with it because that's how people remember you. They know that, you know, if Fabian is talking about food, then every Tuesday I can expect to have like a roundup of restaurants um, from Mm -hmm. her. So stay consistent and be willing to put in the work and start to build relationships with people, with brands and other influencers because those collaborations and those partnerships are gonna pay off in really big ways. That's awesome. That's not, that that's good. The reason, not that it should be the only reason, of course, you're still making friends with people, but. <laughs> <laughs> I think a few points that I've gathered from what you said in terms of like how someone should get started is to one, not to be afraid to test the waters and actually dive into it because there is a slice of the pie for everyone, um, but also being consistent. Like consistency is key. And that's yes. just for the content, right? So like you said, you're not just creating content, you're kind of filming everyday thing that you like to do anyway. Um, But I want to tie that into maybe 
some myths that you want to kind of ban from us in regards to social media influencer, <laughs> but on a financial um, standpoint, like what are some of the things you hear a lot or see that's not really true, but I think everyone falls for that. Oh, I have a few. So number one, I think, I think people don't realize just how much work happens on the back end side, as far as like managing your costs, knowing your accounting, um, and just even like with invoicing, like some people don't know how to send a proper invoice, how to fill out a W-9. So people only see the aspect of it where you receive gifts, but they don't Mm -hmm. think about like, you know, this is like an actual business. So you still have to think about, you know, how you're making your expenses count and how those factor into what you're pricing, right? That's number one. Number two is that there's a set amount that you should be charging. Like there's, right? So someone who has 20,000 followers um, may not always be even charging someone who has the same amount. So someone like me and Chris, we're two people, even if we have the same number, that doesn't mean we produce the same quality of content. Doesn't mean like there are two of us too. And so that always factors into like how we price as well. So no two people price the same way. And so, ultimately the fee you ask for is up to you and how you like price of course it has to be realistic but it's, it comes down to how you price yourself how much you how you value your time um and stuff like that um and then i would say the third thing is that like i think sometimes people don't know just how big the industry is and mm. i speak from someone with a Haitian background with parents and even just friends to this day who don't really understand like what I do and and just how big the industry is like influencer marketing is expected to reach I think it was something like 15 billion by next year wow so that means that there are thousands of brands hundreds of thousands of brands that are paying influencers anywhere from like a thousand to like a million to post whatever number of deliverables they have. And so we work hard, but it's also a very like lucrative field if you know how to do it right. And if you can stay consistent with it. So those are the three main ones. That's interesting. Wow. I've seen your social media page and to tell you it's amazing. Whenever yes. I see you, you're really a great influencer. Yes. I've seen some of those dresses and I'm like, I want this too. <laughs> but is you it know? only fashion that people can be influencers? Let's say somebody, let's say somebody loves sports. Can they be an influencer in sports? Is it that you're invited to games? Because I love basketball. Not that I want to be an influencer, <laughs> but <laughs> what are the hell can they be sports influencers and what are the perks? I see if you start talking about sports and like one person replies, then that's all you need for that. If you keep talking about it, like that one person becomes 10 tomorrow, becomes a hundred, becomes a thousand. Like there is no set field. Like someone's niche can be anything. For example, gamers tend to have a super engaged audience, for example, like on YouTube, because people are literally watching you play and like, there's nothing more entertaining than that. You can be, you can be, you know, like a, a thrifter. Um, you can. I, I use many fashion examples because that's our main, um, like, field, I guess. But um, I know, for, like, I have a lot of friends who mainly they travel, and when they travel, like, hotels basically cover their expenses, and then they pay them on top of that. Whatever your area of interest is, I promise you, there's a blog for that. There is a content niche for it, like. 
even the, like mommy bloggers are like all the rage because people don't easily, they would rather trust someone that they know or that they follow or that they like than just a random like ad that's like trying to sell them a yeah. product. Like every corner of the internet, like there's a Bitcoin influencer. Like every single, there's even an influencer who's not real. Like Lil Michaela, she's like a robot. And they dress <laughs> the clothes and like designers are paying them to like put those clothes on her. Like, but she's not real, she's a robot. So That's crazy. Every single like corner on the internet, someone has figured out a way to monetize it, mainly through blogging and through social media. So it's not limited to any particular um, vertical, any and everything can be monetized. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty good. And, you know, I agree with V, like your, your platform is amazing. And I can tell that you're very thoughtful about who you collaborate with. So do you have any tips for people who are studying in the field and how to really set a, set a tone, you know, for their platform and who they collaborate with? I think you have to be really intentional about who the brands that you collaborate with, because if you do it wrong, like it will quickly damage your brand eventually. Mm -hmm. um, for example, I always use this example because it was like one of the funniest offers we've ever gotten. Like this coffee brand offered me and Chris, it was like a skinny coffee club, I think it was called. Oh, no. Back in the days, they asked to like, partner with them to promote their coffee that's supposed to make people lose weight. And I was like, I, I'm not trying to lose any more weight than I don't <laughs> have right now. So, for example, if just even if they were offering to pay us, like it wouldn't make sense for me to do something like that. There are some areas I'm just not necessarily comfortable talking about, like feminine products. So like you won't really even easily see me in lingerie until unless like the editorials <laughs> are right. Like so I think you just have to be really intentional and you have to think about brands that really value you because there are a lot of brands out there that just want to give you a quick buck, which is literally nothing for their marketing budget only to get so much work out of you and it's not worth it at this point all the brands mm -hmm. that like sometimes i've made sacrifices for or like, I've, i always and almost always ended up regretting it because they either asked for more or they, they were just like a pain to work with so i think you just have to vet the brands that you work with stand your ground right and like always off ask for your value but you just have to be realistic if you're only going to take like a quick iphone photo then you can't justify your production cost to be why you're charging this much right like it has to make sense and so just be really intentional about the brands you you select and the power of manifesting like you can have a list <laughs> of brands and then little by little you start talking about them you pose in them you'll find those just like come knock on your door wow this this has been amazing thank you so much for joining us chelsea you shared so many great information with us today so where can we find you Oh, thank you for having me. I enjoyed this so much. I am at NYCXClothes on Instagram and pretty much everywhere else on YouTube too. And I'm also at NYCX Studio, which is our agency and physical studio space. So if you don't know anyone or you want to come shoot, just hit us up there. Yes. All right, people go follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, everywhere. Thank you, Chelsea. Yes. Different perspective. Stay tuned for our next series.